Thanks for tuning in to BWE Empowerment Radio with Elder Marcia Boynton. She will be teaching on women in the Bible. This show will air every Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the broadcast. And praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back. Praise the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. We greet you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we welcome you to today's edition of Women of the Bible Teaching Series and Bi-Monthly Book Club on BWE Empowerment Radio. Praise the Lord, everybody. My soul rejoices. He has made me glad, exceedingly glad. And I am just so glad and delighted that you have risen early with us this morning. Praise the Lord. To continue in our series, the Jesus Women Worship, Ladies Love, and Daughters Delight in. Isn't God good? Praise the Lord, everybody. He woke you up this morning, kept you through the night. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Yes, he's good all of the time. And we give his name praise, glory, and honor. Yes, God, have your way on this morning. Hallelujah, everybody. Praise the Lord. Good morning to you. We give honor to God the Father. We give honor to his dear Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We give honor to the Spirit of the Lord, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just have your way. Increase, flood, and saturate this atmosphere for every listener in the name of Jesus. We give honor to our CEO and our founder, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King. We give honor to our overseer, Dr. Apostle Oscar Dowdell Underwood. Hallelujah. We give honor to all of the ministerial team and staff of BWE, to all who are serving here in every capacity, God bless you. We appreciate you, and we thank God for you. And to all of you who have risen early this morning to join us, God bless you. We thank you. We appreciate your support of this ministry. May God bless you, and the Lord be with you in all that you do. In the name of Jesus. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm so excited to be back with you this morning. We are continuing our series in Women of the Bible, and we are going to be looking on today at John's Gospel, Chapter 11, where Jesus comes and he raises Lazarus from the dead. Praise the Lord, somebody. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. There's nothing too difficult for God. God has just been so gracious, so awesome, so wonderful, and so marvelous. He has been meeting us, glory to God, each and every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. He is pouring into this ministry, pouring into BWE and into our visionary, uh, Dr. Jacqueline King, into our overseer, and they are pouring into us, and we are grateful and appreciative of all that the Lord has to say to us in this hour. So, Almighty God, we pray, Father, that you would have your way. In fact, let's pray together right now, beloved. Would you just pray with me for just a moment? Glory to your name, Jesus. Almighty God, merciful Father, in the blessed name of your dear Son, our Lord and Savior, the risen Christ, O most holy one of Israel, we pray this morning, Father, and we thank you. Yes, God, we thank you for all that you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being our resurrection. Thank you for being our bread of life. Thank you, Jesus, for being, hallelujah, 
our Alpha and our Omega, our true vine. Thank you, Almighty God, for being the door, the gate of the sheep. Thank you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, for your mercy, for your blood, Jesus, that you shed on the cross of Calvary. For our sakes, thank you for coming to save us, for saving us from sin, ungodliness, filth, and unrighteousness, for saving us from the grave. We bless you, O God, and thank you. Death has no power, O God, over you. In the name of Jesus, there is nothing too difficult for you. Jesus, you are declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. According to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and we bless you and we thank you on this morning. Thank you for this ministry, oh God. Holy Spirit, flood this atmosphere, saturated for every soul who is tuning in, in the name of Jesus. Have your way, do whatever you desire to do. Move Marcia out of the way and be glorified. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that every heart would be attentive unto you and that you would be glorified. Have your way. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, and we love you, Father, and we thank you for being so good to us. Have your way. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Did you read the reading assignment? If you're following along with us regularly each and every Saturday, you know that there was a reading assignment. In John's Gospel, amen. You've read that? Say yes so I can hear you. All right, praise the Lord. God bless you. You did read, amen. Well, today we are going to just zero in on John's Gospel, chapter 11, and we're going to talk about Jesus, the resurrection and the life, and how he comes to the house of Martha and Mary. Amen. Hallelujah. He hears about Lazarus, his good friend who has been dead for some four days. The stone is in front. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. And he has to come. He has to come. He has delayed his coming. And he says to them that it was for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Have you or has anyone you know ever been used for the glory of God? Praise the Lord. Have you ever been delayed but not denied? Have you ever been in a situation where it seems as if it's all over? It's the end. There's no hope anymore. Oh, I don't know how, God, you're going to make a way, Martha. Go, I don't know, Father, how you're going to get us out of this one. I mean, I know we're, we're, I know that you love us, and I know that you care, and we have a good relationship with you, but there's something going on right now in our lives, Jesus, that if you would have been here, you would have been able to prevent the one you love from dying, Jesus. Have you ever been used by God for his glory? And you, he puts you through a process. He puts you through something. And then something dies. And he uses it for his glory. When Martha says, Jesus, if you would have been here, Lazarus would not have died. Jesus says, I'm the prison. He's everywhere at all times. Martha, in her humanity, she loves Jesus. She confesses him as the Christ, just as Peter. And when Peter makes this confession, Jesus says, Peter, Simon, by Jonah, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Martha, too, has this divine revelation of who Jesus is, the Christ and the Messiah. These are two sisters and a brother in Bethany. And Bethany, you know that the name Bethany means poor house. It, it means poor house. Can you imagine that? That in this this poor house, in this this poor place, there are two women and a brother, a family, who recognize Jesus as the Christ. Now let's go to the text in John's Gospel. We're going to be reading in John's Gospel, chapter eleven, this morning. As we come up to John's Gospel in chapter 11, Jesus has just faced opposition at the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem in John's Gospel, chapter 10. It's the Feast of Dedication.
occasion in Jerusalem, it was winter, Jesus walks in the temple. The Jews surround him and say to Jesus, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answers them, and he says, I told you, and you do not believe. Now let's stop right there, John's Gospel, chapter 10, at verse 22. The Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, wintertime, Jesus is walking in the temple. They ask him, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus says, I told you, and you do not believe. I've already told you that I am the Christ, and you don't believe me. And there are those who do not believe that Jesus is the Christ as he's walking in the flesh. He goes on to say, the works that I do in my Father's name bear witness of me. But he tells them that they don't believe because they're not of his sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. It's not a blessing, saints, to know that we are safely in the hand of the Master, of the Savior, of the Good Shepherd, and that there is no one, no power, no height, no depth, no principality, nothing that can take us out of the hand of the Master. It's not a blessing to know that we serve such a powerful God, such an awesome God, that Jesus is the Christ, the Anointed One that he has come to give eternal life to all who believe, and that there is no power, nothing that can snatch us out of his hand. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing that can snatch us out of his hand. But what he says here is, I've already told you that I am the Christ, but you don't believe me, he tells the Jews who are surrounding him. Now, Jesus is facing opposition. The Son of Man. Yes, he is the Son of God. He's facing opposition. As he has told his disciples, he would face opposition, that he would be handed over to the chief priests, to the elders. He's facing this opposition, and though he has told them that he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, whom we all have waited for, whom we all have, have expected, though he has said, yes, I am the Christ, they don't believe him. And yet, when we get up to John's Gospel, chapter 11, there is a daughter, there is a woman, there is a sister, hallelujah, there is a sister named Martha who believes and who says to Jesus, I believe, Jesus. I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you are the Messiah. I believe that you are the one that we have been waiting for. I believe that you are the one who was prophesied about in all of the Old Testament prophecies. I believe that after all of the years, all of the centuries of waiting, that this time has finally come, that the time is now, that yes, Jesus, you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. I believe, I have faith, and without faith, the Bible says, it is impossible to please God. So how is it that this sister can believe that Jesus is the Christ, and yet Jesus telling people that he is the Christ do not believe in him. So let's go to John chapter 11. This is where we are in the text. We are in Bethany, which is outside of Jerusalem. And Bethany, as I just explained, means house of misery. Glory to your name, Jesus. And though we are here, Jesus finds two sisters and their brother who have remarkable faith in him and who believe. Glory to God. Let's read the text. We're starting at John's Gospel, chapter 11. This is such a, a beautiful chapter, such a remarkable, and uh, we have here the fullest evidence uh, alike of the divinity and of the humanity of Jesus Christ, of both his divinity, that he is God, and of his humanity. Amen. Jesus, the highest manifestation we have here. Let's read together at verse 1. A certain man 
John's Gospel 11, you have your Bibles. John's Gospel, amen, chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Well, glory to God, Jesus Jesus is with Lazarus and Mary and Martha in Bethany. Now here the Bible says, it was that Mary, this is their hometown, amen, this is their hometown. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. What are we seeing right here already? We're seeing the devotion of the two women to Jesus Christ. Mary, who anointed Jesus, remember last week we spoke on this, to anoint someone in the Old Testament was an act that was done by prophets. A prophet's anointed king. And here is a sister, glory to God, somebody. Here is a sister anointing, stepping into the realm of the prophetic. Uh, and she's anointing the king of kings, a prophet to the Lord, a prophet to Jesus Christ. She anoints him, the Bible says, and glory. She, with fragrant oil, she wipes his feet with her. This is intimate. Can you see this scene? She wipes his feet with her hair. Such intimacy, such love, such devotion. Glory to your name, Jesus. Her brother Lazarus is now sick. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a relationship and experience, amen, in your ministry, in your life, where you have just been on another level, all sold out for Jesus. You done cried already, amen. You've cried already, glory to God, and you served at the feet of Jesus and anointed him, and you've worked in your ministry, and you've served, and you've given, and you've tithed, amen, Jesus, done the best that you can do, and you've cried already, and now you come home, and she cries again because her brother Lazarus is sick. Amen, Jesus. She's cried. This woman has cried already. Glory to God. It's intimate. It's personal. Now the brother is sick. So the sister sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. They know that you are oh, glory. There's a message right there. They know. They know that Jesus loves their brother. When you know that Jesus loves you, when, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. When you know that you are loved by Jesus, don't nothing else matter. Don't nothing else phase you. You can walk on the job, and, folk, you know, work your last nerve. When you know Jesus loves you, you know that he loves you. Do you know that Jesus loves you this morning? Hey, they, they know Jesus loves their brother. They know, yes, God, he loves the brother. Amen. Thank you. He loves the man. Amen. Jesus, the one whom you love, the one whom you love is sick. And maybe in this, uh, that, that will get Jesus to come and to see about their brother because Lazarus is sick. And Jesus, throughout the course of his ministry, goes about and he heals and he looses and he sets free. And he has done many signs, all of the miracles of Jesus in John's gospel. In John's gospel, Jesus turns water into wine. In John's gospel, he heals the nobleman's son. He heals an impotent man. He feeds the multitude. He walks on water. He cures the blind man. And here, the one whom Jesus loves, Lazarus, is sick. They know that God can do it. He has performed many signs, many miracles. They know that he can do it. So they send a message to Jesus, the one whom you love is sick. And Jesus heard that, and he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Let's stop right there. This sickness is not unto death. Amen. Jesus, when, when God hears about your case, when God gets the news, amen, that your loved one is in the hospital, when God gets the message, amen, that you're praying about somebody who has a sickness in the body, when God gets the news that, that you're concerned, amen, about someone in your family, your brother, your sister, your mother, your daddy, that you're praying about it, and the news gets to Jesus, 
And here there is going to be some kind of a delay. Jesus doesn't come right away. He doesn't come immediately. Why? He says so. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it. Oh, to be used by Jesus. Have you ever prayed and lifted up your hand to heaven and said, Father, you can use me. Have you ever volunteered yourself and just stepped out on faith and said, Lord God, anywhere you use me, whatever you want to do, Father, you can use me. I'm willing. Send me. I'll go. And this is the service that Lazarus is to do. Lazarus is to die and to be dead for four days so that God might be glorified, so that God can get some glory out of this situation, out of this life. Well, what does that mean when we say God going to get some glory out of it? What is glory? Glory. Well, what is God going to get some glory out of Lazarus's life? God's going to get some glory out of your life. In the Greek, the word glory means some dignity, some honor, some praise, some majesties. God's going to get some honor out of Lazarus being dead for four days to be used by God to die, amen, to die, amen, to have folk crying over you and wondering how come Jesus hasn't saved you, only that it is for the glory of God. Lazarus got to go through something in order to give God glory. Are we willing to take up our cross and to follow after him, to be used by, I don't know what's going to take all that, amen, to be used by God. Thank you, Jesus. To die. Lazarus, I want you to taste death. I want you to cross over to the other side so that I can bring you back. I want you to go down into the grave. I want you, amen, to die for my sake so that I can get some honor out of this. Sometimes we cry over things and we pray over things and we, uh, Lord, glory to God, we lay prostrate and we come to the altar and we ask God for his help and his help doesn't always come immediately, but that he might be glorified in this situation. So let's continue reading in this text. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Amen. He heard that he was sick. He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples say to him, Rabbi, the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. Amen, Jesus. And this is what he says. Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. His disciples say to Jesus, Lord, if Lazarus sleeps, he will get well. But Jesus speaks of his death here. They thought that Lazarus was speaking about taking rest in his sleep. Jesus says to them plainly, look, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you might believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Amen. So when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days already been in the tomb four days. Jesus delayed his coming to Lazarus. Amen. And it wasn't that Jesus could not do it. It wasn't that Jesus was not willing. It wasn't that Jesus did not have the power. Have you ever been in any kind of a situation where you've prayed about it and where you are praying about it and you know that God has the power to do it? You believe him. You prayed. You laid on the altar. You fasted. You brought it to God. You left it there. Amen. And you believe and you have faith as small as a mustard seed. But when you go check on the thing that you've been praying about, your loved one, the doctor's report still has not changed. The tumor stays metastasized. It gets worse. It gets worse. He's dead for four days. By now, the daughter will say, Lord, have mercy. For four days, by now, there is a smell. If I prayed about something and believed that God can do it and it just gets worse, don't lose your hope in him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask, think, or imagine. Don't give up your hope, your faith in Jesus. Let's continue reading. God can do anything. 
amen, anything. I don't care what the doctor's report says, amen. I don't care how that ministry has been buried, how you've waited for the promise, how you're waiting to give birth to something, amen, hallelujah. I don't care about the miscarriage, amen, in the name of Jesus. And sometimes folk come and they're here with Mary and Martha and they mean well. They're here with the sisters to comfort them, amen, Jesus, as they have laid their brother to rest, and he is dead in the natural. So what else are they to do? Not bury him and say, well, we're not going to bury him. They're supposed to bury him. They're doing, amen, what they're supposed to do at this time in the natural they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But in the spirit, amen, Jesus, there's something greater going on. Thank God for the spirit of the living God. Thank God you can get a revelation about something other folk can be crying and mourning and think that it's over. And because you are tuned to the spirit, woman of God, daughter of Abraham, son of the Most High, because you're tuned to the spirit, you're constantly in prayer, amen, always in God's face. You pray without ceasing. You, you Yield your ear and your spirit to him each and every morning to see what the spirit of the Lord has to say. And you get that revelation and that word from on high. You can smile about things that other folk are crying about. And you can have joy. And folk don't understand how it is that you're still smiling, that you still believe God. Don't understand how you're still living, how you're still getting by, going through. Don't understand your joy and your praise. Because you're tuned into the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. You're tuned into the Spirit of the living God. Amen, Jesus. Amen, Jesus. Jesus tells them Lazarus is dead. They've done what they're supposed to do in the natural. Ain't nothing wrong with it, okay? But let's keep reading. Thomas says, let us also go that we may die with him. Jesus came. He found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. And many of the Jews joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. There's nothing wrong with this. In the natural, Lazarus is dead. And they come to comfort them. Praise God. Amen. They come to comfort them, to share in their grief. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. And Martha says to Jesus, and here's here's the woman, hallelujah. Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, My brother would not have died if you had been here, Jesus. My brother would not have died. Jesus, if you had been here, our brothers would not be dying. If you had been here, Jesus, our brothers, amen, would not be be dead right now. Glory. And, And what happens? But she says, even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Praise God, Martha. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? You, you, you got your prayer through, amen, and, and you get into your, your, your prayer closet, and you're praying, and you hear the Spirit of the Lord speak to you, amen. And here Martha is saying, Jesus, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Uh, it, it looks like it's over. It, it looks like uh, this is the end. But even now, as, would you just say that even now? Even now, you may have buried some things, amen. It may have to put the, closed the funeral casket, amen, in the name of Jesus, amen. You may have received, amen, some kind of notice, something in the mail to cause you to think that this is over. You've prayed about it, and you know that Jesus loves you and that he cares for you. She says, even now, just say even now, amen. Whatever you're praying about, whatever you believe in God for, Whatever it is, even now, God, in the name of Jesus, even now for my son, even now for my daughter, amen, they went before a judge, amen, in Jesus' name, even now, God, in the name of Jesus, even, just say even now, Father, even now, God, and what does he say? What does he say? He says, your brother will rise again. 
glory. Your brother will rise again. The brothers will rise again. And Martha says, Amen. I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Martha speaks of some future time, the resurrection at the last day. Yeah, I know, Jesus, at the end, in the future, he will rise again. I know this, and I understand this. Now, mind you, Jesus has come to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, where the fear of God rests. The fear of God is in the heart of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. They are in relationship with Jesus Christ. But Jesus comes by Jesus comes by his grace and by his providence. Well, isn't it a blessing to know that, that Jesus has showed up? Amen. What what concern now need there be now that Jesus has showed up? Amen. Jesus. Well, what do they have to worry about anymore? Amen, Martha. Even now I know that you can anything you ask, it, it shall be done. Amen. Amen. Jesus here needs to broaden and to enlarge the faith of Martha and of Mary and of those who have come to comfort them of all of the bystanders. He needs to bring our faith up to another level. Amen, Jesus. Hallelujah, have you ever been praying about something in any kind of a situation? Well, you think that is over. That is the end. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus show up. Glory to God. Well, once Jesus shows up, what need do we have to fear? Jesus is here now. He's a prayer answer. He answers prayers. Amen, Jesus. He has answered the prayers. He's responded. Amen. And even now, Martha says, I know that you, God will do, he'll do whatever you ask of him. Whatever you ask. I know he's going to rise to the resurrection at the last day. Jesus now here has to deal with Martha to bring her faith up. Amen. To bring her faith up. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. What does this mean? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. The belief in the resurrection and eternal life is not introduced here for the first time. It has been expressed by men in the Old Testament. Job has spoken about it, and Daniel has spoken about it, and you can see it in Hosea, and it's throughout the book of the Psalms. We also have some clear evidence from the scriptures that the issue of life and death and resurrection was debated by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, throughout the New Testament and in the book of Acts. So what is it? Here is Jesus walking in the flesh. Here is Jesus, men who don't believe him, who are opposing him, who are seeking an opportunity to kill him, to seize him, to betray him to the authorities who do not believe that he is the Christ. And if they don't believe that he is the Christ, how shall they believe that he is the resurrection and the life? But what does this mean to say that he is the resurrection? To say that he is the life, the resurrection, uh, the resurrection, and, and this means to, to rise again. It means to rise again, to get up again. You mean to tell me we're going to get up again? Amen, Jesus. You mean to tell me from this, Lazarus is going to get up again? But Jesus says, look here, I know it looks bleak. I feel your pain. I understand. But I want you to know that I am the resurrection, that I have the that the power is in me, that I am the source, that Jesus is the substance, that Jesus is the cause, that the power of the resurrection to rise again, to give life, to cause us to rise from the dead is in Jesus Christ. I am, he tells her, the resurrection and the life. Both of these claims are are, are followed. I am the resurrection. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I am the life that whosoever believeth in me and live in me shall never die. And Jesus is proven to be the Son of God by his resurrection. But when he says, I am the resurrection, he means that he has the power to raise the dead. He is the author of the cause of the resurrection. For this is what he says earlier. This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's in John chapter 6, at verse 40. Without Jesus, there would have been no resurrection at the end of the time. He says, I am the resurrection. So Jesus here is explaining to Martha, look, You're saying that your brother Lazarus is going to rise at the last day, but Jesus, I am the resurrection. I'm the source. I'm the power. Glory to God. Isn't God good? I am the resurrection. 
how much you're looking for, how much you need. He tells her he's everything. Jesus is everything. There's not going to be a resurrection at the last day without he who is the resurrection, without Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection. I have the power. Jesus, I have the power. Glory to God. I am he. His resurrection is critical to the gospel. First Corinthians chapter 15, amen. Uh, Paul says that Jesus is the first fruits of them that sleep. The first fruits of the... Now, Jesus had raised others from the dead, but he was, and he is the only one to rise and never die again. So because of his power, we have full assurance of his promise to raise us from the dead. We are subject to bondage because of sin and death in Hebrews chapter 2. But Jesus is to sit by the Father's right hand until all of his enemies' glory are subjected to him. And the last enemy is death, and this he shall conquer. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Whoever believed in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Oh, glory, because of the death of, of Jesus Christ deprived death of its power. Amen. In his death, Jesus defeated dying. Glory to God. What is death? Where is its sting? Where is its victory? Amen. Over Lazarus, over your loved one whom you're praying about, over that soul who's resting, anyone who has, glory to God, if you've lost a loved one recently, amen, if you're planning, amen, in the name of Jesus, services, a home-going service for someone who's going home, may the Father of all comfort, comfort, and be with Glory to God. We mourn. Yes, we do. And we cry. For even Jesus in the text here shall weep. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We mourn and we cry. But thank God. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for Jesus Christ, our resurrection and our life, our Christ and our Messiah. Martha says, even now, even now, Father. Even now, hallelujah, even now, even at the grave site, amen, even at the morgue, amen, in the name, even in the hospital room, glory to God, at the bedside, amen, even at the crematorium, amen, Jesus, even now, though they are dead, yet shall they live who believe in Jesus Christ, he shall rise, amen, Jesus, and he asks her, he says, Martha, do you believe me, amen, she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, that you are the Son of God who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way, and the Bible says she secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Amen. She went to get another sister. Amen. And Jesus' name said, look, uh, Jesus wants you. Amen. And what does the Bible say? Soon as she heard that Mary, she arose quickly and came to him at verse 29. Amen. When you hear Jesus calling you, Amen. Arise quickly. Amen. In Jesus' name. What is the statement, I am the life? Jesus says, I am the resurrection. Okay, he is the power. Amen. But what does it mean when he says, I am the life? Well, where there is resurrection, there is also life. In the prologue of John's gospel, John writes, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. When Jesus states, I am the life, he means that he has the power to bestow eternal life. The one who believes in Jesus has eternal life, the life that transcends physical death. Amen. Faith, amen, believing in God does not keep us from this death, but when we die, because we believe, amen, in an instant, amen, we're restored to life in the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection of the dead, so therefore he is the life of the living, absolute life, having life in himself, for it has been given to him by God the Father. He is the life. Amen. He gives life. Amen. Jesus. He gives life. He is life. He gives abundant life. Our lives are full of death. We're powerless to stop death from coming. Amen. We're all at sooner or later. One day we're all going to go home to meet our maker, to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sooner or later we're all going to go home. We're all going to go home. But glory to God for Jesus Christ, for our Father in heaven, who so loved us that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
Jesus is the life. Amen. He is the resurrection. And Mary and Martha, he says, do you believe? She says, yes, Lord, I do believe this. And Jesus is surrounded by learned men, by religious leaders, by scribes, by Pharisees and Sadducees. He's surrounded by those who don't believe him. No matter what he does, he tells them, I am the Christ, and they don't believe him. He tells them, you're not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. So when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, because Martha is of his sheep, and when he asks her, do you believe? She says, yes, she recognizes the voice of Jesus Christ. She is simple for her, amen. Even though her brother is dead and four days has passed, she believes that Jesus, she believes that Jesus is, amen. She believes that Jesus, whatever Jesus says to Mary and Martha, do you see here the faith of these two remarkable women, these two daughters, amen. It don't take much. When you just belong to Jesus, he don't have to jump through a whole lot of hoops and perform and give you signs and miracles and wonders over and over again. He don't have to do a whole lot, amen, in Jesus, to get you to believe that he is who he says he is. He just asks her, do you believe? She says, yes. What has just happened? Uh, Jesus has been in his ministry, and he tells them that he is the Christ, and they don't believe. Amen. When when we're in ministry, amen, and we're serving, amen, and obedient to the call of God on our lives, amen, a prophet has no honor among his own, Jesus tells us. But thank God, yes, God, all of us at some point when we minister, when we're in our ministries, when we're serving, when we're obedient to your call, at some point, amen, you've got to get some fruit out of this, amen. Can you imagine Jesus if he just walks in the flesh and nobody ever believes him? you you got to get some kind of fruit out of it. Amen. Yes, something somebody got to believe. Message can't just fall on deaf ears. Amen. For the entire time that you're ministering and witnessing. Amen. In Jesus' name, somebody got to believe. And he asked Martha, do you believe me? Yes, I believe you. Okay, amen, Jesus. Okay, he's not ministering in vain. You're not laboring in vain. Somebody, if I can get just one, somebody, amen, will receive you and will believe the message of the gospel that you're preaching. Your message, your labor is not in vain. Martha says, I do believe. I believe not only this, Father, but I believe, amen, that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is to come into the world here, just like Peter who spoke and said, I believe she has divine revelation. Amen. These women are incredible, awesome, God-fearing women. Mary, who steps into the prophetic to anoint the king of kings. Martha, who has divine revelation, just as Peter, to say that you are the Christ, you are the Messiah. No wonder Jesus loves them. No wonder Jesus loves you if you just believe him. No wonder he's so fond of you. No wonder he cares about you so much. No wonder when you pray, you get your prayer through. Just believe him. Amen. Just believe him. Abraham believed God. It was accounted unto him as righteousness. Just believe God to say, just believe him that, that he is who he says he is, that he is everything that he says he is. No wonder he loves Mary and Martha and Lazarus so much and spends so much time and goes to their hometown and comes to their home. And Bible scholars say in the two weeks prior to Jesus' crucifixion to his death, he likely spent most of that time in Mary and Martha's home. But can you blame Jesus? Amen. What's he supposed to do? Go run around with folk who don't believe him? And when he tells them that he's the Christ, they don't believe him? Is Jesus just supposed to go and hang around with religious leaders and folk who don't believe God no matter what he says? No wonder he comes to Bethany. Bethany, the town that means the poorhouse. No wonder he hangs around with sinners and tax collectors and harlots. No wonder, amen, he loves them so much. They just believe him. Jesus spent a lot of time performing signs and miracles and feeding multitudes and raising other dead folk, amen. And this isn't the first time that Jesus is going to raise someone from the dead, amen. They know that God can do it. Let's continue reading here. 
calls Mary secretly. Mary gets up quickly and comes to she. I know that's right. Mary gets up quickly when she says, amen, Mary, amen. Jesus is calling you. Jesus needs you, amen. Now, Mary had been in the house weeping, amen, hallelujah. But have you ever cried about something? Amen. And and you know that God has heard your cry. Amen. And you know that God is in the house. Amen. And whatever you've been praying about, although you're ready to bury it, amen, in the name of Jesus, God comes. God is here. And she gets up and she goes quickly, amen, out to where Jesus is. This is such a touching scene. You have Mary's sorrow. You have the firmness of her faith. You have the appeal of her tears. You have those who are surrounding this family who witnessed it, who also are moved and who are weeping with her. Amen. And everybody's crying and weeping and in grief and in sorrow. And here comes Jesus in his divinity and in his humanity to demonstrate and to show God's love and his mercy and to reveal how God cares for us. And how he enters into our suffering. And whatever daughter you're going through, whatever son you're going through, you're not by yourself. We don't have a high priest who is not touched in his infirmities, who's not touched with our infirmities. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Thank God when you get down on your knees at your bedside and you're praying about something, hallelujah, that where there's some real pain and, and a real heartache, that when you cry out to God about it, Thank God that he is acquainted fully with everything that you are crying out to him about. Thank God he's walked the walk. Thank God he knows your struggle. Thank God he knows what it's like, that temptation. Amen, in the name of Jesus. Thank God he's God. And when we pray to him, amen, amen. We're not praying to somebody who don't know what you're feeling, who is not concerned about what you're going through, who doesn't care. Amen, Jesus. Thank God for it. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. And what happens here? She calls Mary. Mary arises quickly. Amen. He's outside of the town. Amen. The Jews were there with her in the house, comforting her. They saw that Mary rose up quickly, and they followed her, saying she's going to the tomb to weep there. Now, they think this woman going to still be crying, but Mary already done got the word that Jesus has come. Amen, Jesus. So wipe your eyes. Amen. Get that Kleenex out and wipe your eyes. God is here. God has come. He's heard your cry. He's here. Stop, stop crying. Amen. Yes, no more weeping. Amen. In the name of Mary, don't you weep. In the name of Jesus. Mary came where Jesus was. She saw him. She fell down at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The same sentiment as her sister Martha. Jesus saw her weeping. And the Jews who came with her were weeping, and he groaned in the spirit, and he was troubled, and he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus, at verse 35, then the Jews said, See how he loved him. Jesus wept. Do you see the scene? Jesus is weeping. The word made flesh. God in the flesh is weeping because Lazarus has died. He's weeping because Mary and Martha, his good friends, are crying. Amen. He feels their pain. Thank God that God feels our pain. Amen. Whatever you're weeping about, whatever you're crying about, when your loved one goes home to glory, amen, and God feels that. He weeps right along with you. Amen. And he knows, amen. Whatever, you know, whatever that pain is for you, that heartache, whatever it is, thank God he's God. Jesus wept right along with them. Amen. Jesus wept right along with them. Amen. And some of them said, listen to this. Some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Couldn't he have absolved this? Couldn't he have worked this out? Couldn't he have performed another miracle? Why has he let this go on so long? Amen. And you know how folk talk. When you believe in God for something, when you're praying, when you're in relationship with Jesus Christ,
Christ and something happened. And sometimes folks think just because you serve and you are sold out for God and you have faith and you're in the ministry and you love him, amen. Sometimes people think just because you got a collar on your neck, amen, and you preach and you teach and you shout, amen, and you praise God and you love him and you teach Bible study, amen, Jesus. Uh, because you come to church every Sunday and you lift up your blessed hands and you sing in the praise and worship team because you have a relationship with Jesus, amen, that, that you go through something that, that, no, rather that you should never have to go through anything because you're saved, because you're a Christian, because you love God, and folks think that you shouldn't be going through nothing. Well, why couldn't God uh, save this for deacon so-and-so? Why couldn't God make a way for elder so-and-so? How come the pastor has to go through this? Amen. How come the woman who loves God so much has, how come he ain't fixed nothing yet? How come he ain't saved nothing yet? How come Jesus Lazarus has died and you love him so much? Saved other people, but why couldn't you save the one whom you love, who believes in you? Are they trusting in you in vain and believing in you in vain and you couldn't show up? Save this for them who love you and whom you love? Martha, Glory to God and Mary, amen. Jesus groaned in himself again, and he came to the tomb. It was a cave, and there was a stone. And Jesus said, take away the stone. You see, the power, glory to God, the power of Jesus, take away the stone, just speaks. Just says, take away the stone. Glory to God, Jesus. Take away the stone. He gives the command, amen. He gives the command here that the stone be taken away. Amen, Jesus. Well, wait a minute now. There were laws, amen, in the Old Testament about contact with the dead, and there could be a ritual defilement, amen, if we have any kind of contact, ritual impurity with the dead. And you come and hear Jesus saying, take away the stone, amen. Listen to this. Martha says, hold on, Lord. By this time, there's a stench. He has been dead four days, amen. And yes, after four days, there would be a stench. But Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, amen, hallelujah, say it again, amen, hallelujah. Sometimes you need Jesus to say something to you twice, amen, and Jesus, you know you've heard it, amen, but you ever ever been there, ever do that? We say, Lord, could you just say that one more time, one more again, and Jesus, Lord, let's just let me hear it another time, amen, in the name of Jesus. Just let me hear it again. Jesus says to her, did I not say to you? I've already told you, amen. I've already told you his word does not return to him null and void. He's not a liar. So if he said it, he meant exactly what he said. I I said to you, if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God. If you would just believe, you would see the glory of God. Just have faith, amen. In Jesus' name, they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died, hallelujah, Jesus, he who had died, I ask you know, he who had died, glory, came out bound, hallelujah, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Glory to God. Here is Lazarus. Lazarus, the one whom he loves. Wrapped in the grave clothes. Face wrapped with a cloth. Comes out of the cave. The stone is removed. Four days have gone by. His body smells. Amen. Comes out. Amen. Wrapped up in the same stuff, in the same issues, in the same mess. Amen. That he was wrapped up with when they put him into the cave. But isn't isn't it true? Jesus says, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Isn't this the truth? He says, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Glory to God. Have you buried something? Have you buried something, amen, in your ministry? Have you supposed that it's over, that it's too late, amen, that too much time, I, I think the promise is dead, amen, Jesus, hallelujah, I think the promise is dead, yes, God, I heard you the first time, amen, yes, I need you to say it again, because some time has gone on, what, how much time has passed, you're expecting 
asking God to do something, and you know that he can do it, but time has passed, and maybe, hallelujah, they did what they were supposed to do. Time went on. The man died in the natural. They were supposed to embalm the body. They were supposed to, amen, wrap him in the grave cloths, amen, in the natural. They were supposed to, amen, put the stone in front of the cave. They did in the natural what they were supposed to do. But in the spirit, amen, where there is revelation, amen, where God has power over life and death, amen, Jesus, where all God has to do is speak that word, amen, and it shall be in the spirit, amen. Hallelujah. When God speaks, amen, when you get the revelation, when you get the word, when you know that God has answered your prayer, you too, amen, no matter how much time has gone by, and in the natural, amen, time did pass. There were four days that he's wrapped up the way he's supposed to be wrapped up. But Jesus comes and he changes all of it. Glory to He changes all, changes the whole landscape, amen, brings Lazarus out of the tomb, tells them to take off the grave clothes, take off the grave clothes. I know you're purest of man, but all this has happened for the glory of God. There is no denying, no denying, as Jesus has went throughout Jerusalem preaching his gospel message, there can be no denying that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, that he has power even over death to raise the dead. And there are those who debate and say, no, there's no resurrection there's no resurrection, and Jesus comes. Jesus is this rebel rouser. He's revolutionary. Hey, Jesus comes, and he, he has power even over death. Now, Jesus has walked on water. He has fed the multitude. He has healed the sick. He's raised the dead. has power even over death. Amen, Jesus. Even over death. And it should be right now, just like Mary and Martha. These women who worship Jesus, who love him and who delight in him, uh, who find their joy in him. These women who are in, in Lazarus, who are in relationship with him, who have faith, who are uh, the examples of discipleship. Amen. The Bible says, Mary, and we'll get to this, Mary chose a good part to sit at the feet of Jesus. That part would not be taken from her. They show here obedience and willingness, a spiritual acuity. They're in tune with the Spirit, with the Son of God. They recognize that he is everything that he says he is. They're insightful. Amen. They have a devotion. Amen, Jesus. They love him. There's a readiness to attend unto Jesus Christ. They're in relationship with him. Maybe now, amen, just like these daughters, the others, amen, can come to recognize and accept that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the resurrection, that he is the life, that he is the true sign. Perhaps now they will receive him. Perhaps not, but what does the Bible say? They will not, this will do Jesus no more good, amen, in the eyes of those who don't believe him already and who won't believe him no matter what he does, amen. But it must be done. It must be done, amen, for the glory of God, that God will be glorified. And here, when Jesus speaks and he gives that command to call Lazarus forth from the dead, this is as the gospel call to all of us who are dead in our sins, in our trespasses. Amen. This is a call of Jesus Christ to all of us who are dead in sin, who are dead in the world, who are dead in unrighteousness, who are dead to sin. This is the call to each and every one of us that there is life in Jesus Christ, that he is the resurrection, that he is the life. And he tells Martha here to focus not on these circumstances, but to focus on Jesus Christ, that Jesus gives life, that he is the resurrection, that physical death is not the termination of our life, that Jesus who has raised the world of men who were dead for many centuries, could he not raise one man who was dead for just a few days? Certainly he can, and we bless God for this. Jesus is the resurrection, he is the life, he is the Christ. He holds the keys, hallelujah, he holds the keys of, of death and of haze. He's declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus is the Christ. He's the Christ, and he will never die again. Death no longer is master over Jesus Christ. And we thank God for this. We thank God for this. 
Mary and Martha, the two sisters, know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the resurrection, that he is the life. He has all power in his hand. And we thank you, Father, for this message on this morning. Whoever may be mourning the loss of a loved one, we pray that the God of all comfort would comfort you in Jesus' name and that you would know that though we die, yet we shall live in Christ, and it is not the end. I lost my mother a year ago, and it is still painful, still tender. But glory to God, it is well with her soul. She confessed Christ as Lord and Savior. And though she died, yet she lives in him. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. I pray that the blessing of the Lord would be with you today and always. Grace, peace, and mercy be with you. I pray that you've been encouraged by this word. Be led by the Spirit of God. You've been listening to Women of the Bible teaching series and bi-monthly book club on BWE Empowerment Radio. I'm Elder Marcia Boynton. It's a pleasure being with you. God willing, we will see you next Saturday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to get Aubrey Hendricks, The Politics of Jesus. We'll start that next Saturday. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. In Jesus' name, shalom.